everybody. Welcome to Pockets Full of Soup, the storytelling show. I'm your host, Jared Petty. I'm joined today by... Zach Ryan. Zach Ryan, indeed. Zach Ryan of Ye Old... IGN. The Ye Old IGN. Yeah. Dot com, indeed. Dot yeah. com. Not dot net. Not dot not biz. Dot org. Dot, dot gov. No. No. Not dot TK. No. I no. don't know what that is. Dot TK. Yeah. Dot TK is a thing. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't... It's it's an island chain, I think. Okay. Uh, but yeah, there is such a thing as dot TK. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could dig it. Yep. But uh, whatever the case may be, whatever whatever nation.tk is, mm-hmm. you're not of it. No. You're of the .com. That's true. The IGN.com. And you there, are what, what role do you perform in that our company? I'm a senior features producer uh, on our video team. Yep. Yeah, so. And we be a lot of friends. St- that's true. That's uh, how I know you, who's working with you at IGN. Yeah, we've mm-hmm. known each other a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, gosh, it's been a very long time. Yeah. Now, when did you start? Uh, 2014. 2014. So, gosh, yeah. we right at the tail end of 2000. I'm wow. coming up on three years. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you very much. On that. But in addition to doing the IGN.com, you do lots of other things That's that true. are fun and bring mm-hmm. joy to your heart and life. Mm-hmm. That's right. You can tell yeah. us about them. I play, I play video or I play video games, obviously. That's yeah, a stupid thing that. to say. Uh, That's I play not music, a stupid thing to say. uh, occasionally, not as much as I used to, but I, I do, I do enjoy a good music. Yeah. A good yeah. music game. Mm-hmm. What do you play? I play bass. You do play the bass. Yeah, uh, right. it, well, why did you select the bassist? Because the bassist that's looks reserved two less, and cool? Two less strings. Two fewer strings. Yeah. Okay. Is that yeah, what two, it was? Two fewer strings, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I, uh, I've i always... I played like shitty rhythm guitar when I was a kid, mm-hmm. like growing up. Um, and uh, then I had a buddy whose band needed a bass player to go on tour with them. And he asked me if I knew anybody. And they're a, a three-chord punk band. And when I was... 21, 22, I was like, oh, I'll do that. I'll learn are, how to play bass. So, What are the virtues of being in a three-chord punk band? The song's are really easy. Okay. You can were jump you, around a lot. Were you a power chord guy? Or? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so three three chord. What are, what are the three most essential chords to playing in a three-chord garage band? Uh, Probably like C, G, and E. C, G, and E. Why, yeah. why C, G, and E? What are I don't know. Two? I feel like maybe throw an A in there every so often. Oh wait, that's those four like, chords. That's four chords, but that, those, those are sort of the building blocks of every every song ever. Isn't that kind of so, weird? Yeah. Why, why does that happen that way? I don't know. No. Yeah, I, I I was told very young that there's like a set of chords. Like if you learn these X amount of chords, you could play seventy five percent of all songs ever. So. So which which uh, when you said you were in a th- a uh, three chord garage kind of punk band mm-hmm. was this like a melodic hardcore band was this like what, what, what? no it was more like a like a just like a street punk band, like a very like Ramones inspired, like oi street punk band. So yeah. Did you feel like a pretender or did you feel like a rock star? At the time I was pretty punk rock. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Did you say at the time, do you feel like a pretender now? Uh, I don't feel like a pretender, but I'm definitely not as, as tough as I would have liked to think that I was back really? then. Really? So, what, what yeah. uh, like who's the actual toughest person, you know? Oh God. Who's someone that's really tough. Somebody that's tough. You told me a story earlier tonight. You met a man named Big Daddy once. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's on another that's show. A, that's a tough dude. Yeah. Uh, the toughest guy I know. My buddy from back home, uh, my best friend for many, many years uh, through high school, his name's Jacob, and he's like a, he's like a, an actual punk rock dude. Yeah. And uh, he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't take a lot of shit. He's like a tough dude. But tough in a way that is is – he's not like a tough guy. Like he's not like macho. Yeah. But he's very – grounded in his principles he has a very clear idea of what is just 
and will go to great lengths to make sure that that's always happening. So most yeah. of the truly tough people I've met in my life were not particularly macho. Yeah, they were just terrifying. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Often kind and terrifying, yeah, sure. but genuinely terrifying. Yeah, I always thought it'd be cool to be uh, imposing, but but I've never been able to pull it off. Nah, I, me neither. I don't think it's actually my mo. Yeah, more. More, more cuddly, teddy, more teddy bear yeah. than angry bear. Yeah, yeah I get that. But yeah. You're kind of teddy bearish. You're, you're, you're I try. Yeah, yeah, I try. I don't know. You ever think about you know just putting on some putting on some weight? Kind of. I I also have tried that and have been unsuccessful. Didn't work out. Yeah, I, I can't. Know. I can't gain weight. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I, 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 people, I hate you so much. Right people now. have been telling me since I was like 25 to just wait for the metabolism to slow down, and it just shows no signs of stopping. So I'm actually I've in the last few months I've been. Uh, uh, under the tutelage of some people at IGN uh, about lifting weights and like trying to be a little more muscular because I've always been sort of a scrawny dude. And uh, part of the thing that comes with that is like a, a generous uptick in caloric intake and proteins and stuff like that. And yeah. so I've been doing a lot more things like eating a lot more like brown rice or pastas and, and you know, things like that in an effort to gain weight. And I think in my three months of weight training, I've gained one pound. So I loathe you. Yeah. So we'll see how You're it goes. Terrible. Yeah, I know. You know what? This is a positive place. I don't need to be doing that Sorry. to you right now. I apologize. No, you don't need to apologize for having a exceptionally. We'll see. It could this time. Infuriating metabolism. This time next year, who knows? Maybe my metabolism finally gives out and I'll just, I'll just blimp out. You so. know what? It's not, it's not good to wish bad things. On other people. <laughs> it's true. Uh, we we true. all, we all uh, have our various virtues and we should be glad for things that make others Indeed. different than us. So, yeah. so this pocket full of soup, the show about the folks that we're thankful for before we yeah. continue we want to thank our, uh, uh, Patreon producer, Robert Nieder and all the other folks who make this possible. Thank you, Robert. Speaking thank about things that we're thankful for. Exactly. I'm very yeah. thankful for that. And this is kind of, we're coming up on Thanksgiving here. True. Right? There. Yeah. What, what's your Thanksgiving tradition? Um, well, it's different now than it was before. Um, oh. yeah, I'm, I'm, I have a very small family, which I'm sure we'll talk about here momentarily. Um, so I actually don't do Thanksgiving with my, my family anymore. I mostly just do Thanksgiving with friends. Okay. So my, my Thanksgiving tradition as of late has been to do as many Thanksgivings as possible in the month of November with different groups of people. And try really? To, so you're having multiple Thanksgivings? Try to, yeah. Yeah. So this year I'm doing proper Thanksgiving at my roommate's parents' house. She lives in Marin, or okay. her parents do. Um, and then uh, day after Thanksgiving, doing Thanksgiving with some friends local. So Friends local? Yeah. yeah. Ooh, what's on the menu? I don't know. I haven't figured it out. I'm sure that I'll have to prepare something. Are you? My a, go-to you, is is uh, yams. I usually do like a good yam. You're the yam guy. Yeah. What's what makes a good yam? We talk about marshmallows. I mean, Brown put sugar. marshmallow on practically anything. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Good. Just like a ton of butter. Good man. It's just so much butter. So yeah. Yeah. I, I I love I love me a good yam. Yeah. I me really too. do. Or a good ten yams. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Several like a cluster of yams. A cluster. Of, you ever read yeah. uh, Chinua Achebe's novel Things Fall Apart? Uh, no. Huh. Con- oh, first off, one of the best books ever written okay um fantastic novel um but second constantly talking about yams and really every time i read i get really really hungry yeah <laughs> it's like mm, i want to do a yam yeah. so good because i do a yam here but yeah you mentioned family uh-huh. um so tell me about somebody you're thankful for yeah uh i think the person that i'm probably the most thankful for in my life ever forever is my grandmother do it with your grandma yeah for, on for my most thankful on my mom's side yeah wow. mm-hmm. okay your mother's mother my mother's mother yeah Okay. Um, Sarah Jane, uh, or Sally, as she was colloquially known. I don't know how that relates. This is this is sort of sort of one of those things that is a very like paints a very clear picture of her because her name was Sarah Jane Neighbor, okay. but everyone called her Sally. 
Why? No one knows. Nobody knows, Nobody knows how Did you ever that... ask her? I mean, yeah. And every time she told a different story about why she was called Sally. Like Jared so... Little in, in... Or not Jared Little, pardon me. Like uh, uh, Heath, Ledger. Heath Ledger in Batman? Uh, less menacing, but a similar idea. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, she had a different story every time. Yeah, I, I don't recall asking her many, many times. She had different stories. But That's I do so remember cool. having, having her tell me something that when I was a kid, I was like, that wasn't what you told me the last time for sure. So... Wow, I wonder if it was a secret or she just loved keeping you guessing. I don't know. I think she was just really funny. So she went with really Sally, clever. but her, yeah. na- her name was Sarah Jane. Sarah Jane. Yeah. Sarah Jane Neighbor. Yeah. So, That's well, a great name. Her, her maiden name was Sarah Jane Nappel. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then my when she married my grandpa, uh, changed to Neighbor, like next door. Okay. Next door neighbor, wow, yeah. That's a great... I really like the name Sarah Jane Neighbor or yeah. Sally Neighbor. Yeah. Those are both kind of... Fan, it's like a, a character in a Eudora Welty story. And, and she had a lot of those qualities. You know, she had a very uh, f- a folksy persona, yeah. I would say. Yeah. And I think that was one of the things that, that sort of uh, affixed the two of us together. Because we were growing up. Now, I'm an only child. Okay. And uh, my parents, uh, very loving, very, very supportive. But uh, also as parents are wont to do, uh, wanted to spend time away from me often, as often as possible. Okay. Um, as often as possible. Yeah. So I spent, (laughs) I spent a lot of time with my grandmother. Um, a lot of, live in the same town, a lot of weekends. Oh, we live like 10 minutes apart. Like, like, yeah, she lived, so I grew up in Lodi, which is below, uh, Sacramento, uh, in California. And then my grandmother lived in Galt, which is, the sticks just sort of this podunk farm town can you describe the california sticks for those who have not experienced them um that's a lot of farmland um the central valley where i'm from is a lot of vineyards Mm -hmm. um a lot of cricks yeah spend a lot of good time in in cricks yeah Yeah. um get wet in a crick that's right yeah um the sticks in california is is sort of idyllic you know uh the central valley in the summer is uh, ungodly hot mm-hmm. and freezing cold. Uh, f- ungodly hot in the summer and freezing cold in the winter. And, but no snow, right? No snow. Yeah, but cold. like a lot of rain in the mm-hmm. in the winters. Um, Does it turn gold in the summer? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And green in the winter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's home. Yeah. And what what did a what did a young young Zachary? Uh, are you a Zachary or a Zachariah? I'm forget. Zachary. Yeah. You're a Zachary. Yeah. What did a young Zachary do uh, in in the summers and the winters and the in the uh, well, s- specifically, uh, I spent a lot of time with my grandmother yeah. and yeah, I, we had a lot of activities together that, that are sort of, I don't know, uncommon. I feel like we took a lot of like really long walks. Yeah. Expound. You know, like, what were these uncommon yeah, things? I mean, that's, that's, they're probably not uncommon. That's maybe a well, painting a more... Let's of, say particular. Sure, yeah. And it, she loved to go on like really long walks. We'd go on really long walks together. Um, one of her things was to go to the grocery store even when we didn't need to. You know, she just on liked foot? to go. Yeah, or okay. or we'd go over there and, and uh, she'd drive over there and it was one of those things where like, we didn't need anything in particular, but she just wanted to go see who was there. And talk to whoever was at, oh, yeah, because it's just like a little town, you know. Ah, so, okay. Yeah. Um, so and you grew was, up around that, so this is yeah, very familiar. And suddenly. one of the okay. things that's that's really funny about being an only child, I feel like, is you're sort of inherently precocious, right? Um, in the way that when you grow up around strictly adults, you just think you're an adult. Mm-hmm. And you talk like an adult and you process things as a kid, but you have this mindset of like, oh, these are my peers. And my grandmother 
taught me at a very young age, like she treated me like an adult. She would talk to me. She never baby talked to me, you know, like mm-hmm. when I was really small and not that I remember, but this is what I've been told. And that's something that I, I subconsciously, I don't realize that I do it, but when I meet my friends, kids, when I talk to them, I just talk to them like they're adults. And that's yeah. something that I picked up from her. Um, but yeah, she just, she just treated me like an adult. And I think that that was one of the things that, that made us so close was that she was just very real with me and would, would tell me like, it, you know, tell me things like it was. So you so. took long walks and talked yeah. like grownups would. A lot. Yeah. And you went to the store like yeah. grownups would. Uh-huh. And those were the kinds of things you were doing. Now, yeah. where was grandpa during all this? Uh, my grandpa is sort of an, a curmudgeon old dude. Okay. And, uh, he usually had a project. He's usually yeah. like working on a car or pruning or something or just reading. He, uh, my grandpa obsessively read Louis L'Amour novels, oh. um, and would read them over and over and over again. And, and he, he read Louis L'Amour, but then he also read like really cheesy, like romance novels, like really like bodice rippers. Yeah. Like, like. Dudes with like wavy hair and women with like red low cut dresses and stuff on the cover, like you know, you know what I'm talking about. Like I know what you're talking about. Like romance novels, yeah, like Harlequin novels. But it was exactly. But it was one of those things where like he would read them, and then you'd be like, "What's this about?" And he's like, "I don't, I don't know." Like it was just something that he did to pass the time. Yeah, he just yeah. So um, he wasn't he wasn't around for these low walks. He wasn't he wasn't, he a, wasn't as much a part of this yeah. relationship. He's a tough dude. Uh-huh. We're talking about tough folks, like he was he was a tough guy. Um, and yeah, he wasn't really one for uh, idling. You know what I mean? Like he was always trying to do something or or had his own agenda. So uh, I didn't spend a ton of time with him. Like, so what did um what what did you and your grandma talk about? We talked about a lot of stuff. I mean, the, I think one of the things that that. I really loved about her was that she always asked me questions about things. You know, she, if I was upset about something, it, it wasn't ever necessarily a one-sided thing where she was like, well, this is how you should feel about that. Hmm. It was, why do you feel that way? And what makes you think that that's, you know, the case? Like, why do you feel that way? What is it about this situation that makes you feel that way, et cetera. Um, and she, uh, for many, many years until I was in college and when she kind of started losing grip, uh, was the person that I would call for any sort of life advice, mm-hmm. you know, and she, she was just very, she was wise beyond her years, even when she was well beyond her years. Huh. And, uh, which is funny because she grew up in the South and I think that people from the South of her generation, she was born in 28. Okay. Um, I think people had an idea of like who those people were and how they kind of thought about things and what their worldviews probably were. Is that what she told you about it? And yeah, Yeah. that was definitely the impression that I got Okay, that, that, uh, you know, she was Southern. She was from Mobile, Alabama. Oh really? So yeah. And so when she, uh, when she would say, you know, when she would let people know that she was Southern, like, or they would just pick up on it. Yeah. There's sort of a connotation that came along with it. But my grandmother was the most liberal woman that I've ever met in my life. She didn't have a single racist bone in her body. And there, there was, and still remains a streak of that in the, in, in the American South. It's mm-hmm. just always been a, a, a smaller streak. Sure. But yeah. Actually you mentioned mobile in 28. When did she leave? Ooh, uh, 
Maybe the late 30s. The late 30s. Yeah. There's at least some chance your grandma and my grandma met. That's why I'm yeah. wondering. My, <laughs> really? My grandma, was Mobile a, as well? my grandma was an Alabama liberal. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, kind of fun. Um, I, well, let's, let's get back to your grandma sure. for a moment. So she grew up there, but was not, she felt restricted by where she'd grown up? Or no, just... I, I don't believe that she did. Um, and like I said, she she was only there until she was, you know, yeah. like a kid, a teenager, yeah. maybe. Moved the latest. Out to California. Yeah. Her family was involved in uh, uh, the film industry. So okay. when, when Hollywood sort of started booming, um, a lot of her relatives were in uh, film. Like they were working as like grips or camera operators or things like that. So um, I didn't know you were fulfilling a family tradition. Jack. Yeah. 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 Um, so she has all these sort of really funny stories about like, she never worked in that profession, Yeah. but she has this sort of tangential, these tangential stories about how, uh, her, her uncle Max, who was like pretty high up at, at MGM, okay. uh, or Warner, I forget which one, but he, he was a very, uh, uh, friendly guy and would make friends with these people. And then he's like, Oh, I'm bringing over a friend for dinner. And it would just be some movie star. Huh. Just come over just randomly. Come over. Like, yeah. Do you remember anybody specifically? She met? <sighs> no, not off the top of my That's head. Too bad. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So she grew up around the, did she, what, what was her vocation? Uh, she had a lot of different stuff. She, she worked primarily, uh, as a office administrator for a high school, okay. uh, much to the chagrin of my mom and her brother, my grandmother worked in the office of their high school <gasps> while they were in high school. Oh. So she knew all the goings on and transgressions of those two. Man, yeah. oh, I had a couple of folks I knew that yeah. had parents that worked at the school. I yeah. never imagined what that would be like. Yeah. Oh, was she was she at your school ever? No. Or? Okay. Mm-hmm. So you were... She volunteered at my school when I was a kid. Like she would come in and, and help with like reading and stuff like that. But oh, wow. yeah, she never, she never, by the time I, by the time I was born, they were well on their way to retirement. Like they were very close, if not already retired. But so. she volunteered. Mm-hmm. Um, why did you do that? Uh, I think she was just a people person. I think okay. volunteering was an easy way for her. She volunteered at the church and she volunteered at uh, my school when I was really young. Mm-hmm. And I think that was just an easy way for her to just like in the same way that she wanted to go to the grocery store and see who was there and talk to people there. Like she just wanted to talk to people and meet people and experience new people, tell new stories, you know? So you talk, you keep talking about stories. What's yeah. the story she told you? Uh, she had all, she told me this story a couple of times and I never knew if it was true or not. But, uh, she said that when she was a kid, they, in mobile, they used to go out into the Gulf and they could, they would take trips down to golf and they, they would ride turtles in the water and I they would ride. Yeah. Turtles. And I could never figure out if she was just pulling my leg or if that was something that they actually did. But the details in her story about how they would, you know, how slowly they would approach and how they would convince the turtle that they weren't a threat or something. And then they would be able to hold onto the shell and ride these like sea turtles in the Gulf. And that was, I, I could never figure out if she, if she actually did it or not. I, the best kinds of stories are the ones I think that run right along that. Yeah. Edge, that and that's the thing. Ragged edge yeah. She would tell stories in the same way. Like, like, uh, you ever see the movie big fish? Yeah. This sort of magical realism mm-hmm. where there would always be something that I was like, I can't, I can't tell if that's true or not. 
entirely. Not to the extent of, of that fantastic No, I'm element, now thoroughly like, convinced your grandma was, in fact, a Flannery O'Connor character. Yeah, like very that, well that, could that, be. That yeah. sounds like it. I mean, because yeah. that, that kind of, we talk about, you know, Marquez now and that kind of magical realism, but... Yeah. But O'Connor wrote about that same world in those terms, mm-hmm. uh, that place and that time that she's talking about. So there's a tradition of magical storytelling yeah. there. And I think that's kind of glorious that you got exposed to that. Yeah, um, she'd tell the story about uh, her Uncle Max, the same guy that, that worked in film, uh, taught her to drive a stick shift in a field b- barefoot. And uh, they drank a bottle of gin while she was learning to drive a stick shift. Okay. So, yeah. so that was a great combination. Yeah, Get on the yeah. gearbox uh-huh. uh, yeah. there. But those are the, the kinds of things that, like, she, she would tell me these kinds of stories that, that sort of like a wink and a nod that taught me that it was okay to break rules occasionally. You know, you can bend them even and and it's the the world won't end you're riding turtles and, and driving driving stick around shift. stick shift half drunk and yeah yeah that that one may be less safe yeah i guess out in the middle yeah. of the meadow maybe but yeah uh, that's still a whole, it is interesting that, that that life's boundaries i was thinking about this the other day I, I i have a couple of favorite stories i like telling about things that happened in my life one was i saw a duck fired out of a cannon once um, and another was that I saw a naked man struck by lightning. Okay. Okay. Both of those things happened. Sure. Both those things happened within a hundred yards of each other. Uh-huh. I never realized that oh, until wow. very recently yeah. that those two events, even though they took place on different years, yeah. both happened within like a hundred yards of each other. The That's world hilarious. is weird. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of, and, and so I'm going to say she wrote turtles. That's yeah. I, I firmly believe that I'd, I'd like to believe that it was true. I so. love it so much. Yeah. What, um, what about her made you a better person? Um, I think she taught me a lot about listening to people. Um, I think she taught me a lot about, um, like I said, asking questions. I think that that uh, oftentimes it's very easy to hear someone but not listen to them and uh, respond in kind but not necessarily dig any deeper. And that was something that she did really well. And she, yeah, and she helped me to figure things out about myself when I was a kid and beyond, you know, when I was in high school, when I was in college, you know, she always told me that, that, you know, I could do whatever I wanted to do. And, Mm -hmm. uh, that was something that, that, you know, my dad, my dad is a very, like a very specific kind of dude. And when I was growing up, he wanted me to play sports. Like he just wanted me to be a sports guy. And I've never been, I've never had any athletic prowess, um, and not until high school when I started running cross country was I ever good at any sport. Um, and when I was really young, like sixth, seventh, eighth grade, I really wanted to do theater. And, uh, and you know, talking to him about it, he's like, no, you don't want to do theater. You want to play basketball. Like, that's, mm. that's what you want to do. Like, you don't theater. Like, and uh, I remember talking to my grandmother about it, and she was like, do theater. Who cares? Like, do whatever you want. Like, if your dad doesn't like it, He'll learn to like it. And I remember the first time that I was in a play in the seventh grade, uh, the opening night after my parents came to see the show, my dad was so proud of me and told oh. me that he, you know, he's like, I, I could never do what you did. Like that's, wow. you know, and that was something that like, I never would have had the courage to do it if she hadn't told me, well, just do it. And so it's incredible how important that voice can be. In yeah. Our lives. We get, 
I don't know if we really, maybe she knew the wise among us, maybe. Yeah. I, I, I've never had that wisdom. I, I'm sure she knew she was helping you. Oh, I, yeah. I, it doesn't, I don't have a doubt in my mind that she knew that. But you God, know. those moments when they come along, the difference yeah. it could have made if she just said something different. Yeah. For who you are today. Yeah. It's incredible. I, uh, that's so good. I'm so glad you had her. Yeah. I, and she was funny. She was so funny. Uh, she'd, she'd, uh, she was very, uh, she had a very dry sense of humor. She was very sarcastic. Okay. And, uh, but we laughed about a lot of the same things. And I remember very distinctly, we, we were both, I, like I said, I've always been like a really scrawny kid and she was like a really tiny little lady. And so when we would watch movies and TV together or when we would read together, we both sat in the same recliner. Like we both fit our butts in the same, in the same seat. And so I have this like very distinct memory of being probably like seven or eight and sitting in a, this, the chair with her and reading Shel Silverstein uh, and where the sidewalk ends and just laughing until we were crying. Yeah. And that's the right attitude. Yeah. Just the, yeah, there's a, he wrote a poem about a gnat, uh, that I remember just cracked us up to the point that we were both just, just tears streaming down her face. And she loved all the movies that I loved. And, you know, she showed me, uh, a lot of the sort of, uh, deeper cut kids films that, that, you know, like I, but when I was growing up, Disney was like Aladdin and beauty and the beast and things like that. But, uh, she showed me, uh, like bed knobs and broomsticks ah! and, uh, Ricky, Ticky, Tavi. There That's it is. Right. All right. Uh, Ricky, Ticky, Tavi. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And, uh, what was some of the other ones that she really loved? I you. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Um, I got excited about bed knobs and broomsticks. Uh, I have strong feelings about that movie. It's a great one. Yeah. yeah really it's a really good it. one. Uh, rescuers, you know, oh, things like that. Sword in the Stone. Sword in the Stone is my favorite Disney movie. And, oh, yeah, no kidding. That was the one that okay. she, yeah, she, that's, she, that's a problem. One of the ones that she showed that. me. Remember when yeah. the little birds or those, the squirrels so sad yeah. because, oh, that's a sad squirrel. Yeah. And, and then that wizard stool. Awesome. Love that movie. Love that. Love the Fox and the Hound. Yeah. I, wanna, I get teary when I watch the Fox and the Hound. It's hard not to get teary when watching the Fox and the Hound. I came around a corner of a, of a cabin earlier this year in the mountains and there was a bear standing there oh. about six feet away. Uh-huh. And I've never had that happen before. And the first place my mind went was that bear at the end of the fox and the hound. Yeah. And I was like, well. I know how this is going to end. But actually, he, I was. I, it's funny. I didn't really get scared. I, yeah. I, 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 that bear was just, he was just like, eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. He, he was like, he was just doing bear stuff. You just he keep care. rolling on. I was just, yeah, he didn't pay me any mind That's at great. All. That was funny. But I did have this brief flash of, well, that moment has come. Uh, I'm a fox. I'm a hound dog. So you're, I am, um, I'm reluctant to ask, but I'm going to. Sure. A lot of past tense words. Yeah. Yeah. My, she passed away, um, 2012 and, uh, my grandpa was really sick for years. Um, towards the end of his life, probably five or six years, he was in and out of the hospital all the time and just, he's falling apart. You know, he was really old. He, he was in his eighties, his mid eighties and he lived a hard life. He was a construction worker and he had just worked himself to the bone for years before he retired. And you know, he, he just fell apart towards the end and got really sick. And, and my grandma's sole purpose in life was to take care of him. You know, like she just was so devoted to him and I don't, I'm not even to this day, I'm not even positive that it was out of love or duty, you know, because they didn't really get along 
but she was very dedicated to him and made sure that, you know, like he was going to the doctor and, and when he needed to, and that he was taken care of and things like that. And when he passed away, uh, it was like somebody flipped a switch in her because as soon as he was gone, she, there was an immediate decline in her. Like I'm talking within a week, mental facilities started to sort of slip away and things like that. And like, uh, she, she, uh, we were sitting, having a conversation, uh, in her house, in our recliners. And, uh, she started telling me a story, uh, and said, well, that was the same summer that you cut your foot on that can. You remember? And I, I recognized that story because that was something that happened to my uncle. And I'd heard that story from her before, but she just, she just thought it was my uncle. And this was a week after my grandpa had passed away. And I had to, I had to ask her like, Hey, what's going on? Like, you're not talking to uncle Dan. Like it's me. And I could see this fear in her eyes. Like she knew that she had made a mistake. Like she knew that she had let it slip, that she wasn't right, you know? And it was a, not even a gradual decline. It was a very rapid decline. And she, you know, I called her every other day. And towards the end of her life, less and less so, much to, in hindsight, when I look back on it now, I wish that I hadn't. I wish that I had still kept up with her up until the end. But it was hard for me because she just couldn't maintain a conversation. Is that why you talked to her less? Yeah. And, you know, this was a person that was always my rock and that I would go to and, and ask her about current events, political things. Like, I'd talk to her about whatever was going on in my personal life. Like she knew everything about me. And, uh, uh, you know, towards the end there, we would have a conversation and she'd ask me, Oh, where are you working these days? And what's, how's that? And then 10 minutes later she'd say, Oh, well, where are you working these days? And it just, it, it hurt. Yeah. This person that was so smart, whip smart on my whole life. And now she's having trouble keeping up with a, a casual conversation. And, um, so I, yeah, yeah, I just totally, I wasn't there for her in the end, the way that she was there for me. And that, that's something that I'll always regret, you know? Um, but it's not those things that I remember the most about her. You know, it's never those things that you remember the most about somebody. It's always the, the, the good stuff. Yeah. And in my mind, the last time I saw her, it was, it was crazy. Like she, she'd gone into a hospice uh, facility and, uh, my grandfather, when he passed away, my mom had called me and said, Hey, your grandpa's like really looking shaky. You should come home soon. And my, my plan, this is early in the week. And my plan was like, okay, I'll come home this weekend. But he passed away on a Thursday. So I, I didn't get to say goodbye to him. So in this scenario, you know, when my mom's called me to say like, Hey, your grandma's not looking good. You should come home. Um, I just dropped everything and came home Yeah. and walking into that hospice facility and walking out into the patio where she was sitting. I remember she was sitting in the sun, sitting in a wheelchair and she, she was always so put together. I never rarely ever saw my grandmother without her dentures in her makeup on her hair done. Yeah. Dre- fully dressed. Like it was just the mental image of her. It was right. Who she was. And she was here. She was in this wheelchair in a nightgown or a, like a, a robe, uh, 85 pounds, maybe yeah. it's just rail thin and gaunt, no, no dentures in. So her face was, you know, sunken in and she just looked sick. 
And it's hard for me to not think about her now and see that because that image of her was so, even two months before when I had seen her and she looked like my grandmother to this, you know, totally different person. And, um, death radically transformed. Yeah. And that's something that, that I have to really work to, to think, you know, when I remember her to not think of that first. And I think that that's partly guilt for not being around, you know, like I conjured that image first, but, um, yeah, to this day, like I still you feel guilt. Because yeah. Because I, I wasn't, I didn't visit, you know, as much as I should have in the last few years that she was alive. And I didn't, I didn't call her as much as I should have because I was, I was afraid of losing her. So, you know, the conversation that I had when, when she passed away, you know, obviously my mom was very upset and, you know, I remember my mom asking me, she's like, you don't seem as affected by this as I thought you would. And it made me feel cold, but also I realized later that I'd already said goodbye to her. You know, Mm -hmm. the woman that I I grew up with, the woman that I loved, had long since departed, you know, and and those last couple years, she just wasn't, you know, she just wasn't herself. And that's, that freaked me out because like i i think the conversation on my end was like well who do i who do i go to now like who do i talk to now i can't i can't talk to her anymore about it like she's she's not there like yeah. she doesn't have the wherewithal you lost the person that yeah. she would go- now d- dementia has uh, dementia does awful things mm. to the person that it afflicts but it perhaps i, I one could argue maybe does more awful things to the people, the people who around love them, yeah, the people who who are around them. That that very well could be watching the alteration of her life. Yeah, um, she's in discomfort, but you have a comprehensive awareness mm-hmm. of who she was, and here's yeah. this person who's still walking around that doesn't. That seem was the that same was anymore. a painful thing to me because she she would have these moments yeah. where she would shine through and she would say like. Oh, I, I realize I'm not having a good day. And I remember one day she called me crying. She called me from, you know, she said, I'm, she lived in Galt for 40 years. Like that was where she lived the last 40, 50 years of her life. She called me and she was crying. She said, I was driving to the doctor's office and I'm in, I know I'm in Galt and I'm lost. Mm -hmm. And she just was, she's like, I can't call your mother because I'm scared of what she'll, how she'll react. Yeah. I don't know where I am, but I know, I know that I'm in Galt. And so I had to call my dad and be like, you can't tell anybody this. You got to go pick up grandma. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's just those, those things that, that really freaked me out, man. Like I just didn't know how to deal with it. And to, uh, to this day, I, I still, you know, I'll be walking down the street and think to myself, oh, I had to call grandma. I haven't talked to her in a long time. And it's like, Oh yeah, she's, just not around anymore. Like what's that's that, that's that like for you. When, when I always get kind of a pit in my stomach, you know, when I, it, it's always an immediate thing. It's mm-hmm. like, it's not like I sit and dwell on it for a while, but it's like, Oh, well I, I should call her. Oh, I can't. And then it makes it bumps me out. You know? I, I'm glad you're willing to be so candid about all. Of sure. This. Yeah. I, I, uh, Dementia is never, never pleasant to talk no, about, but I'm no. glad that you're doing it. I, yeah. I am. Um, I'm glad for the, for the context that you've, provided around the arc of our life. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I'm going to ask you something here, Zach. Uh-huh. It's if you could summarize what the pain and the joy of your relationship with this person have taught you, mm. what, a, what about the 
arc of your grandmother's life and uh, has has what has it become in you? What, I think, what, are, what what is it in you now? I think it's to cherish the people that you care about when you have the opportunity to do so. You know, uh, I think it's it's really realizing that that people in your life are seasons, and that you don't you you may might not have that person forever. Like I could have my best friend here with me today. And, you know, tomorrow maybe not. Yeah. And so I think just making the most of all the time that you have with people is super important. And it's something that I've, you know, I, I, I thought that I learned when my grandpa passed away, but I knew that I had learned when my grandmother passed away because I did get an opportunity to see her and seeing her before she was gone was very important to me. Yeah. And, and that's something that I really, you know, I try to, to impress upon people. It's like, hey, if you have the opportunity to see somebody, you should see them. So, Thank you, Zach. I, yeah, I, of course. I really appreciate that. And I'm glad that I've been privileged to know you a, a pretty good amount of time yeah. now. You've been a soul of grace in my life for a long time. Thank you. I'm glad you were willing to talk about this and about yeah, her. Of course. Um, this, she sounds like a incredible human being. Yeah, she was really wonderful. Uh, and um, I, I still just... To this, Sally Neighbor is the best name ever. It's uh, <laughs> good. Back to that, but yeah. Thanks for sharing this about her life and her death and, and yeah. what it's what both have taught you, man. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you for having me, Jared. Love you, know, you, bud. I love you too. Love you dearly. Um, this would normally be where we would go to to instant noodles uh -huh. and the silly questions. I, sure. I don't think I'm going to do that today. Okay. I think we're. I think this is where we're going to stop today. Uh, okay. This is a good story. Um, thank you for watching and listening, y'all, uh, very much. Um, you can mail us at mail at pocketsfullofsoup.com if you like. And um, thank you very much for watching and listening, friends. Zach, thank you for coming on. Where can folks find you? Uh, you can find me. Uh, I'm here at IGN all the time. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Zach right, Thanks so much, friends. <laughs>